0: as we grow as a person our business grows and since we started this business we have um, achieved tremendous amount of personal growth this is not just about making money it's about growing as a person and that is one of the fundamental things we love about the multifamily business
1: it's time for the creative real estate podcast your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by RealBluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams. I'm excited to interview Leslie Awesome. I love it. I love that name. Awesome. Thank you. It's an awesome name. It's an awesome name. (laughs) Leslie. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. So he and his partner, Tenny, recently invested well back in 2017 they invested in a 192 units as lps as limited partners so they put money into that so now they they own a little piece of 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 192 units which is amazing they're on track to score 500 units in 2020 so in 2020 their goal is is 500 units and i think they're going to get there he is a listener of the show um, he really uh, appreciated one of our episodes, episode two forty two. And if you haven't heard that episode yet, you got to because Neil Bawa brought the uh, brought the force on episode two forty two and talked all about getting into different um, different markets and what to look for in those markets. And let's talk a little bit about Leslie. He's originally from Cameroon. Central Africa. And some 20 years ago, he came into the US to pursue the American dream. That's how he uh, got started. And he wanted to do multifamily. So he did. He did that first LP deal. And I'm excited to have him on the show. So Leslie, one of the things that I'm going to have you do um, since, since you are coming into your first uh, GP deals uh, upcoming, I want you to think of one or two questions to ask me on this podcast. Okay. Anything at all, anything about meetups, anything about podcasts, anything about due diligence, whatever you want. Um, and, and you'll have a free coaching session with one or two questions. And anyone who's listening who also wants to get into their first GP deal, is going to get that value as well. So make sure that you can think of one or two questions to ask me in the middle of the episode today. But I'm going to start asking you some questions. So, Mr. Leslie, you're about to do your first GP. Where is it going to be? You listened to episode 242 with Neil Bawa. You know how important it is to have a solid market. So what markets are you looking in?
0: So we're currently looking at the um, Raleigh-Durham-Chapel uh, Hill markets, looking at Charlotte-North Carolina as well. Uh, my partner and I have um, done a heavy research in that market We've build our teams down in that market. So that's going to be where um, we're going to be looking to do our first GP deal.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So what went in to your market research to select North South Carolina areas like By the way, I just will tell you that my team has done extensive research throughout the United States, and North and South Carolina did, in fact, come up at the very top on all of our lists. Everything that we looked at was North and South Carolina was really at the top of the top, and the only reason that we don't buy there, haven't been purchasing there, is because the flight is gonna to take too long. So we want it to be a little closer. So I'm not questioning you. I'm not saying, oh, what's, what is it about that market? I know it's amazing, but I wanna know what about those markets attracted you to select that versus you know the second best market, which was, you let me know.
0: All right. So um, primarily for the North Carolina market, um, one of the reasons is proximity, because we were looking for a market where we could um, be down there in a single flight, or could drive down there. The other reason is some familiarity. Um, I went to school down in Greensboro, North Carolina, about 10 years ago. So um, I still go back down there to visit every now and then. And I see some of the growth that's happening. I see the changes happening over there. Now, added to that, to the raw data, using the the same system that Neil Bauer thought that I heard for the first time on your podcast. By the way, I just wanted to say thank you for all the value you guys provide to this space. Um, for people like yourself and Neil Bauer, we've gained a lot of useful insights from listening to you guys. So, um, we use that same system and use a lot of the systems taught by Neil to zero down to these markets and see all the norm, all the growth that's happening in this market, the job growth, the population growth, and uh, the projected rent growth over the years coming. And with uh, my partner and I do a lot of reading and research. Um, one of the books I recently read was the, Big Shifts Ahead, which talks about the demographic changes that are coming to the U.S. in the next few years. And from that book, we learned about the huge southern migration that is happening with the population moving south. And those markets are some of the areas that are going to benefit a huge deal from this migration. So we look to be in these markets long term, and that is one of the main reasons why we went down there.
1: Do you have a full-time job or are you full-time doing real estate right now?
0: Yes, I have a full time job. I'm a nurse and aesthetist. Okay.
1: Time. All right. So and so how many hours a week is that for you?
0: Um average um thirty-six to forty hours a week.
1: Okay. And so with a full-time, you know, 40 hour work week, how are you and Tenny yes. able to get into this multifamily business? Was it is it hard? Is are you spread thin? Is it stressful? Um, or is is it something that's that's fairly easy
0: For me, my perspective might be different from a lot of other people 's perspective for me it's it's something that i 'm passionate about, so it 's not as difficult when you have a huge when you find something that you're truly passionate about and enjoy doing, you would find the time to do it so for me it doesn't seem as work. I find time in the middle of a, a break at work, I'm, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm reading books. Whenever time I have that is free, like today, Um, I have a day off and I'm talking to you on the podcast and after this, we sit down and we go over everything that we need to be done and work on our business. So it's easy to find time when you're passionate about something. So um, we make time however way we can early in the morning, late at night, whatever needs to get done to get done. And to me, it doesn't feel like hard work because I really enjoy doing it.
1: Awesome. So I know you've taken a, a couple of, of coaching programs. You've, you've learned from some people that are doing uh, really well in the business. Um, how important is it to um, somebody who's just getting started to follow that same path? I'm, I guess what I'm asking in, in another way is, is if somebody's listening, and they have heard that some of these coaching programs can cost 5000, 15000, 25000, 40000, 60000. If they're hearing all of this and they're like, you know, they might say to themselves something like, well, I don't want to spend my last whatever amount of dollars uh, like learning from somebody because wouldn't it be better for me to just kind of learn on my own and spend the money? If I, if I lose money, that'll be a good education or whatever. Like, what would you say to somebody who's, who's a few months or a couple of years behind where you are right now? Should they be hiring a coach or not?
0: Um, the question I'm going to ask that person is how much are you willing to invest in yourself? if you value yourself highly, you're going to be willing to invest in yourself highly, whatever it takes for you to get wherever you want to get. And it depends on um, how much you need. I I would definitely recommend having a coach, having somebody that holds you accountable, somebody that has been in the business before that you can learn from and get a few things from. It definitely moves you ways ahead in, in different aspects And being part of a coaching program also helps you being part of a bigger network. So, But um, our philosophy is we invest in ourselves, we invest in our business, and we do whatever it needs to take to help us grow. Because as we grow as a person, our business grows. And since we started this business, we have um, achieved tremendous amount of personal growth. This is not just about making money. It's about growing as a person and that is one of the fundamental things we love about the multi-family business.
1: One thing that I've noticed about most high-level CEOs and um, uh, just the top-level executives in, in bigger companies is the real thing that makes them stand apart from many of the employees is that they spend more time uh, mm-hmm. In personal development Absolutely. they they have morning routines with exercise, they read books, and they invest in business coaches and and uh, personal uh, coaches as well so it makes sense that that within entrepreneurs. That the ones that are going to be the more most successful are the ones that are really investing in their business, investing in themselves, investing in their personal growth. And I love this quote that I got from you: "If you value yourself highly, you're going to invest in yourself highly." I love that.
0: Absolutely, I'll, Absolutely.
1: I'm going to remember that forever, and I'm going to always tell everybody. This is a quote from the famous Leslie Awesome. <laughs> uh, if Leslie. you invest if you value yourself highly, you're going to invest in yourself highly. Well, I have tons tons of questions for you. I wanted to find out what was like your very first venture into anything real estate. I know for sure your first venture into multifamily real estate, besides the education with the two companies we discussed in the pre-interview. Um With the multifamily, I know your first real investment into it was that passive investment with 192? Yeah, Yeah, 192 units. Correct. But I wanted to find out, were you investing in real estate prior to this 192, or was your first deal just you went straight to 192 units?
0: Actually, um, my first active deal was in um, 2017. I bought a single family um, with my brother, um, a condo, and did the BRR model um, after spending some time reading um, one of Robert Kiyosaki's books that pushed me into real estate. So we bought that. I took two weeks off of work to um, manage that project. And um, those two weeks were, like, probably the two most fulfilling weeks of my life. Very challenging, but I enjoyed the process of seeing a uh, conception coming to light, you know, um, I actually had the opportunity to bring my two beautiful daughters and my wife to look at the apartment when we got it. Then I brought them in again at the end after everything was done. And their reaction and the, the experience I had doing those two weeks was enough to tell me this is where I need to be, this is what I need to be doing. So we did that model. It worked really well. And um, so I was looking to expand and go further. That's when I met my partner. Um, we read a great book. And that uh, just sparked that interest in multi-family. we're looking at what areas to get into in the real estate business, looked at assisted living, looked at buying more single um, homes, looked look at flipping, looked at wholesale, then we came across mortar family, and it um met like everything that we 're looking for for the business that we want to be investing in long term so we dove in deep, and here we are today
1: I love that. I would agree i i 've been in part of self-storage. I've been a part of, of uh, mobile homes. I've been a part of all sorts of things, land, tax deeds, tax liens. Um, my, my experience from 2005, I've, I've seen it all. I've tried it all. I've experienced most of it myself personally and invested uh, in almost every asset class available. And multifamily is the one that checks all the boxes. When you read that book Big Shifts Ahead, yes. Were you thinking about the different asset classes available to you and which one would would be more appropriate for what the book was saying might happen in the upcoming future?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I actually sent a page to my partner and said, um, uh, maybe in the future we need to be looking at some kind of um housing for the for the seniors. Because mm-hmm. of the baby boomer generation, that is a lot of them are getting into that age where they're downsizing, according to what is written in the books. And we have met a few investors that are focused in that space as well. And um also it's the, the data supports that business model. And um, for someone I have come, coming from the healthcare background too, that helps you know, from what I'm seeing on my nine to five on a regular basis. So that's one of the aspects that we looked at from reading that book. Okay. Family definitely is a great space to be in for the future. Nice. Definitely.
1: I heard you say that the data supports multifamily being a great place to be in. And uh, some of us are more data driven and some of us are more, feelings-driven or emotional-driven or assumption-driven, um, are you personally more on the data side or on the intuition side? Um,
0: data or data and analytics. Data, data, data.
1: Okay, perfect. Okay, well, then that makes uh, this next question really work well for me is for somebody who spends a, – a, a lot of time making sure that the data makes sense first and foremost um, before they jump into something while others are just jumping into it because it feels right or they're hoping that it'll work out. It sounds like you're more on the side of, of before I go there, I'm going to, I'm going to make absolute certain that I'm going to do the right thing. Is that true? Correct. Okay. So on top of reading big shifts ahead listening to episode 242 of the creative real estate podcast with Neil Bawa what else have you and your partner done tenny you and yes. your partner tenny done to make sure that the data is there for getting into multifamily investments in the in this year like and the reason i say that is because it's polarized there's some people that are saying that it's a bad time to get into real estate. It's overinflated. Uh, uh, some like multifamilies has low cap rates compared to before. Um, but you, in your research, you've seen the opposite. You've seen what a lot of other people have seen, which is that the population is growing, etc. So if you could spe- just give us the specifics on the data that makes you really excited about purchasing 500 units in 2020?
0: So um, it goes down to, to the same fundamentals. Yes, the cap rates are compressed all over the U.S. And um, ideally, um, based on the historical data, it might not be the, the best of best of times to get it if you don't have the experience and don't know what you're doing. So um, part of our strategy is aligning with um, experienced groups as we walk forward and get into this market. So, But that is why we focus on these top markets, like the, the markets that have the, the huge numbers that can support the changes that are coming in the future.
1: Got it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, I have, a, I have another big question. What is your big why? What's your driving force behind real estate or multifamily, like why are you even doing this? You're a nurse already, Yes. Uh, you're doing just fine, so what's your why behind buying 192 or 500 more units? All
0: right, so I'm gonna tell you a little story. Um, when I got done, when I started working as a nurse and anesthetist, it's a very rewarding job and a high-paying job, um, when I got in and started working um, I realized that I could make a good contribution to people's lives on a daily basis, but I felt like I needed to do more when I started researching about re- real estate and got and started learning about everything that is happening uh, going into personal development. I realized that I come from a community where um, a lot of limiting beliefs and a lot of um, false information has been implanted in our minds for a very long time that keeps us at the very, it keeps us, keeps the growth limited. My big why, one of my biggest why's, is to be that like that person that steps out of the community and goes out there and challenge some of these things that most don't believe that they could accomplish and come back and pass that knowledge over to others so they could make better for themselves too.
1: I know that you're hosting the popular uh, meetup group out in Maryland. Yes. Oh, what was What's the name of it called again? Your meetup out there in Maryland?
0: Excite Capital Multifamily Meetup.
1: Excite. Okay, yes. Excite Capital Multifamily Meetup. Love it. And um, so I wanted to ask you another question. It's if somebody's starting a meetup, that's you. Yes. If, if you're starting a meetup, it probably means that you have a feeling or an impression that that thought leadership in some form or fashion would be important when raising private capital can, can, is that true? Absolutely. Okay. With that said, I know that you're growing your meetup. Are there any other parts of thought leadership that you and your partner Tenny plan on, pursuing this year would you I mean there's YouTube there's there's podcasts there's blogs there's hosting little dinners there's hosting uh, your own coaching program there's hosting uh, workshops there's hosting conferences Um, are there any uh, other parts of thought leadership maybe a Facebook group that you and Tenny are are like this is next for us or uh, have you not thought that far
0: Yes, we have. We have thought about um, several thought leadership and platforms. Um, our goal this year is to maximize our meetup, first off. Then secondly, we also started a Facebook group um, called The Exciting World of Multifamily Investing. We're looking to build on that as well. And um, we're also looking to do a lot of educational materials. You know, like right now, um, I'm doing a lot of education to a lot of my colleagues in the healthcare field about the multifamily investment space because a lot of them don't even know that they have access to this kind of investment so um, we're looking to create like videos um, kind of like YouTube videos to share as education to to um, anybody interested in learning more
1: okay uh, one thing that I teach my coaching clients I teach people how to attract capital is is that they ought to have this target market, this, this perfect, ideal avatar, the ideal investor, um, someone in their mind that they, every time they create content, they create it for him or her. Every time that they create a Facebook post, they're thinking of him or her. Every time they have a meetup presentation, they're thinking, like, does this title of my meetup presentation, is it going to resonate with him or her, my ideal avatar, Uh, I want to find out, Leslie, do you and Tenny have an avatar? Do you have like this ideal person in mind that's going to be your perfect passive investor?
0: Actually, that's a huge tip that you just gave us and that we're going to take and work on it actually today and come up with a huge one because we've been hitting our targets to anybody that is um, really interested in um, investing passively. So thank you so much for that. Uh, at this point, we don't have one, but I'm sure we're probably going to come up with one by the end of the day. So that that's some huge value you just give out there, Adam. thank you.
1: Thank you. I I would say <laughs> you're making me smile so big now. Well, I would say one thing that a lot of the folks that are starting a podcast or starting a meetup these days. Yes. They are doing it like ready, fire, aim. I just got to take massive action. I just have to have a podcast, right? But they'll create a podcast, but they won't be thinking about their avatar. They won't be thinking, does this serve my perfect investor? Does this help them come closer to me or not, right? And so what I've noticed with so, so many people when they're saying like this market is saturated with podcasts,
0: exactly
1: they aren't specifically looking at those podcasts most of those podcasts have zero traction they have no conversion they're not helping the people doing it they're kind of like wasting their time with that podcast because not because it's oversaturated that's uh that's a, a an excuse not not a truth not because it's oversaturated rated but because they weren't thinking of, of the end beginning with the end in mind, right? They were, they didn't start that podcast thinking specifically, what is this going to do for my business? What is this going to do for my investor? How's this going to help them? And they're just throwing things out there, noodles on the wall, seeing if they stick, just hoping that they might stick. And, um, and oftentimes they're not because they didn't spend the time ahead of time understanding that. So That is a very important thing for anyone listening. If you're going to start a meetup, if you're going to start a a blog or whatever, don't just do ready, fire, aim like you continue to hear. Just take massive action. I would prefer for you, just like I teach my clients, make sure that you spend the time and effort to understand who it is you're helping and how you're helping them so that you can convert them into paying clients, a.k.a passive investors, partners in your multifamily deals. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, Leslie's going to ask me one or two questions that are burning on his mind. And then we'll end with the final five. We'll be right back. Stop paying too much in taxes. You're leaving money on the table. Six to 10% of what you paid for the property is available right now in extra cash flow. Let CSSI, prepare a no-cost estimate, leveraging the latest 2017 IRS tax changes with engineering-based cost segregation. Then review the estimate with your tax professional and decide if you want this money. The audit-proof benefit is for new and existing commercial properties and residential rentals. So scroll down to the show notes and look for CSSI. I've got a link and just ask for Bonnie Cake. That's cake with a K. And we're back with Mister Leslie, awesome, the most awesome Leslie there ever was, and uh, he's
0: got a question or two for me, and so let's turn it over to you, Leslie. All right, Adam. Uh, my first question to you is: uh, What is the one tip that you? it was the one thing that you did that made your meetup um, the best meetup and the, the best meetup in the whole world? What's the one tip that you could say that really transcended everything.
1: The there is a lot of tips Mm -hmm. for meetup. I'm writing a book right now on meetup. I'm putting out a course on meetup and I, and it's like, there's several pillars. So uh, the book's probably going to be called the three pillars. Um, The three pillars are basically how, who is your audience Mm -hmm. and then what are you doing with them? And then how are you capitalizing with them? Those are the three main pillars. But um, if, if I had to try to boil it down to something I would say that it boils down to niche or niche. Some people say either way, niche or niche. And the best way to niche is to A, do recon. Before you ever start a a meetup or a podcast or anything, you got to do your recon. So what that means to me is that you go out and you see what's available. What are the meetups called? What time of the day do they meet? What day of the week do they meet? What, what week of the month do they meet? How many uh, days per week? How many days per month? How many days per year do they meet? Does it cost uh, $200 a year for membership? Does it cost $20 a day to be there, $10 a day to be there? Is it, is it just a donation if you would like to, if you wouldn't, is it completely free? Or are they charging $3,000 per meeting or per year? Once I've done recon, that helps me to niche better because I know what's available. And I, all I want you to do is be different. So if all of them are around multifamily, maybe an idea is to have something that's not multifamily. If all of them are about fix and flipping, maybe a good idea is to have something about wholesaling. If, um, if they're all about real estate and, and none of them are just about uh, the overarching generic uh, investing, then maybe you select the thing that is missing in the market. So, I, I've read this book called Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson, and he said this thing that's always stuck with me, and it's, it's exactly what I've already been doing, but I never thought about it in the words that he uses in that book. He says, You have to create a niche, not pick a niche. If you okay. pick a niche, that's something that's already there, and it's this red ocean, blue ocean thing. So yes. if, if you just go and pick a niche that's already there, then you're just going to be fighting with people. But if you, so, if you create your new niche, the thing that has never happened before, then you're able to start having people on your side. So, so start, first start by doing the real recon that you can, and then start thinking about doing things that are out of the box, not ordinary, If everybody's charging money, maybe you're free. If everybody's free, maybe you have to charge money. And then the second part of after you've really selected the niche, it's important that you use that to your advantage. And so I actually read another book recently (laughs) that was talking about this, um, about spinning. The word is to spin, how to spin things. And that means that most things there's always pros and cons to everything. Should I get into multifamily? Well, let's see. There's all these pros and there's also cons. Um, you know, are, are big windows or little windows better? Well, there's pros to little windows and cons to little windows. There's pros and cons. You, maybe you can't climb out of it. Maybe you're heating and colding. Cold is different. So whatever it is, there is, even if, even if you're charging more money than everyone else, spin it into a pro and okay. and use that to establish yourself as different so what i mean is with your own in people that are attending your event or listening to your podcast it doesn't matter you want to say this is the only podcast or this is the only meetup that charges three thousand dollars a year uh-huh. if you want to go to those $200 per year, that's cool. A lot of people can easily afford $200 per year. And that's why, why you get so many different people in there. So many of them don't come back. You're never going to be able to see the same people. It's not regulars. But when you pay $3,000 for a year, it's going to be just regulars. It's going to be people that are serious. Do you want to go with a bunch of randos or random people, or do you want serious wealthy people. And so that's a way to just distinguish it. And again, you could, if it was the opposite direction, you could still distinguish it. $3,000, are you kidding me? $200, (laughs) are you kidding me? There is no reason that you have to pay for education. We believe that education should be free. We believe that everybody should be included. And that's why we do blank. So however you spin it. If, wow. you're at, if you're the only lunch meeting, you got to talk about why lunch is so important. If you're the only Saturday meeting, you got to talk about why wow. Saturday is so important. If you're the only breakfast club, you got to talk about how serious you got to be to wake up this early and be here on this day. So spinning. So, so it's all about niche. When you are starting your own meetup, if I could just give you the number one thing, it would be to niche down and to make everything revolve around niching.
0: Okay. Wow. That was, that was very powerful. Adam. thank you so much for all that value. Um, my next question really is um, you give a lot of value out to the world every day when you listen to you on your podcast and the different platforms I will listen to you on. Um, how can we give back value to you?
1: How can, how can Leslie give back value or how can the listener give how, back
0: value? How can Leslie and Tony give back value to you?
1: That is a good question. Well, I get value out of seeing other people succeed and knowing that I had even a part to do with it. So when we started this pre-interview and you mentioned that um, one of my podcast episodes really got you going, really got you to the next person, to the next level, hire the right person, all that. When I hear that from my listeners, today I was on another phone call with someone um, who said, who literally said, his name is Xavier, and he doesn't even live in the U.S. Yeah. He's a listener of the podcast. He's one of my few listeners in other countries. He's in Colombia. And Xavier said, if it wasn't for your 10-minute call with me, like I do free 10-minute calls, yeah. then I would have never gotten into multifamily and now he owns multifamily like wow. because of the podcast Wow. just like when 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 something that I say has an effect on you I guess the best thing that you could do to really add value to me is just to make a testimonial reach out to me on Facebook reach out to me on an email and just let me know let me know that I've impacted you because I get a lot of value out of and, and encouragement and fire just from knowing that what I do day in and day out, put all these episodes out, that it's all for something. So sometimes us podcasters, sometimes us meetup organizers like you, Leslie, sometimes we put out all this effort, but if we don't hear back from people saying that, that it's working, that it's helping, it can hurt our hearts. It can make us want to stop and we don't we shouldn't stop we ought not to stop but sometimes we feel like like maybe we're not making a, an impact we want to make an impact so the answer to your question if i'm making an impact on you leave a five star rating and review on the show email me leave a give a give me a testimonial video that i could use at a and an event But those types of things really show me that I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do. So that's how I think you could give back.
0: Well, we greatly appreciate you. And we're definitely going to be reaching out to you and supporting um, in however way we can. And again, thank you for all you do. And um, really, really appreciate you. Mr. Leslie. Yes, sir.
1: It's time for the final five. All right. Let's do it. So the first question for you is what's the most creative deal you've ever done?
0: Uh, the most creative deal I've done, I have to say, is probably like uh, my first, uh, the first uh, purchase that I did in real estate. I had read um, all these real estate books and went out and applied it. Um, It was an estate sale and um, had to uh, negotiate all the way down and did some some seller financing on the deal uh, to get the deal closed.
1: Amazing. I love that. And so what I want to bring out is, the the thing that you were able to do is just create a deal. Correct. And what I mean is it may not have been a deal until it was t- until the deal was created. Correct. That's why we have this show, the Creative Real Estate Podcast, is to just, just show people, it's not just about lease options or subject to's. It's about it's about asking the right questions, negotiating until you've come to the right terms with somebody. And the more tools you have in your shed, in your tool belt, the more likely you're going to get more deals done. So thank you for sharing that. What is a book you recommend besides the one that you already shared, Big Shifts Ahead, which I have not read, but I wrote it down, and it's, it's on my list. i got to read it. But what's another must to read?
0: Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey.
1: Seven habits. I love it. Begin with the end in mind. I shared one of absolutely, them today. <laughs> absolutely. All right. The next question that I have for you is my favorite. Uh, just take me back. I know that you, you said you got to the United States uh 20 ish years ago. Yes. You've been a nurse for a while. Your first deal was in 2017. Yes. But a couple years before that, just paint us a picture of what was your mindset? What were you thinking? What were you worried about? Did you have kids? Just a quick picture of what it was five years ago, and
0: then tell me what it will be like for you in five
1: years from today. Um, I,
0: I honestly think I was lost. Like um, at that point in time, I was um, following the track that somebody else painted for me. We didn't have a clear direction in mind. Um, And my mindset really began to change when I met real estate, when I came into real estate. That's why I appreciate the business that I'm in. From the people that I'm meeting, from the books that they recommend, from the lessons that I learned, I was really able to get to the point where um, I fully understood who I am and what my goals should be. And what I'm here to do, you know, and um, right now I'm at a point with a clear vision, a clear mind, um, a fire that is burning hotter than it's ever burned before. And I'm really looking forward to the future. Um, it's, I feel like I've never been this as happy as I am today. And it keeps getting better on a daily basis with everything that I do and how I challenge myself and move forward. So, where will you be five years from now? Um, five years from now, I hope to be close to where you are. Uh, hope to be um, there with uh, as many units under management as you, and um, impacting other people and giving as much value back. like you.
1: I love that part of your five-year vision revolves around giving back to other people. That's that's huge. So, I want to share something that I heard while you were talking about where you were five years ago versus like just right now. And, uh, because I think it can really resonate with a lot of the listeners and yes. probably not every listener, but I think there's a ton of listeners right now that feel the way you felt. Yes. I was lost. I didn't have a clear vision. I didn't have a clear direction. Correct. And um, just to see where you are today, 192 units that you uh, are a part owner in, um, everything else like your aspirations, your dreams, where you're going and how you're already starting to think about how you can give back to other people, I think is huge for anyone who's feeling lost or that they don't really have that clear direction, that in a short amount of time, they can be where Leslie is so I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You now have a clear vision, a clear mind, and your fire is burning. Absolutely. So speaking of giving back and that you want to be able to give back, is there a way that today you're giving back to other people?
0: Yes, um, absolutely. Um, I do believe the greatest gift that I could give back um, is not necessarily financial but mental. Again, as I explained to you, one of my biggest whys is I come from a community where the mindset is not, the mindset is filled with too many limiting beliefs. So as soon as I got into the real estate business, as soon as I was able to start eliminating some of those beliefs from myself, anybody that is interested, I spend a good amount of time on a daily basis talking to other friends and family members and getting them involved, getting them reading books, you know, that's a little contribution I could give to them. Um, I also love giving back to other people, giving back to other communities. I work with a few um, organizations that I go and um, help with um, donations and volunteering my time.
1: Volunteering your time, giving back. I love that. Now, The listener is probably thinking to themselves that they might want to reach out to you. They might want to connect with you, learn more about you or your company, Excite Capital Investment, LLC. So let me just ask you, what's the best way for the listener to connect with you
0: or your company, Excite Capital Investment? So you can reach us. You can go to a website, which is www.excitecapital.com. We also have a Facebook group. It's called The Exciting World of Multifamily Investment. Please join the group and let's keep sharing value with each other. And if you're in the Maryland, D.C. or Virginia area, come join us in one of our meetups. It's called the Excite Multifamily Apartment Investor Meetup. We host um, first Monday of the month. And um, we always look to give as much value as we can to our attendees. And um, we hope to see uh, some, um, some of you there. And you could also reach me via email which is um, L as in Leslie, A as in Apple, W-A-S-O-M at ExciteCapital.com.
1: Perfect. So, um, so let me just kind of clarify a couple of things then. Yes. Because if the listeners trying to spell out Excite, just want to make sure they have it the, the correct way because uh, you did spell it a special way. Yes. And um, so basically his, his, his last name is Awasom, A-W-A-S-O-M. Correct. And so it's going to be the first initial and then last name at ExciteCapital.com. But that ExciteCapital.com, if you're going to want to jump in there and look to see the company, it's going to be, first off, it's in the show notes. So all you got to do is scroll down now and you, and you just see it and you're, oh, that's how it's spelled. But if you're driving and you want to just have this impression in your mind of, of what is this uh, website, it's, it's the letter X and then S-I-T-E. Correct com. so x like s- just s- a letter x and then cite, site s i t e so there's no c's there's no other e it's just x site com. and i think that's probably the same way that you're spelling your um your meetup group right x site right. okay yes. love it love it and Leslie, thank you for that
0: clarification, Adam. Thank you very much.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Plus, it's going to be in the show notes. I mean, so if you're listening now, just scroll down. You got it. Um, Leslie, it was a super pleasure to have you and to see your journey, where you've come, where you're going. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> <laughs> to see you, uh, you as as we progress. Would you um, please accept an invitation to coming on the podcast 2021? And just talking about like how you got the 500 units.
0: Absolutely. I'd love to come back and talk to you more. And um, I actually hope to see you in Colorado for the conference as well.
1: Awesome. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thanks for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. If you got value out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you take the time to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, think outside the box.